You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself a Gun. A Sopranos podcast where me and Vince Mancini go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk talk about it. it. Uh, Thank you guys so much once again for listening. Um, And you know what? I know you're going to be annoyed. And I know you're going to be angry. And you're going to write angry letters to us. But I'm just encouraging you to give us five stars in a review. Just go ahead and do it. Uh, you know, you've been suckling at our teat for years now, mm-hmm. never giving back. We give and we give. And what do we get, Vince? Dry teats. Dry teats. That's what we get. Well, you know what? Why don't you spit some of that milk back in our teats <laughs> via giving us a review? Snow, um, snowball our teats on, <laughs> on Apple Podcasts, wherever yeah, podcasts dude. are sold. Exactly, dude. We're fucking done with you getting our pearl necklaces we want you to shove i don't know i don't know what i'm doing anymore uh five stars interview also uh join us on patreon patreon.com slash broadcast for all the bonus content that you could ever want okay with that out of the way vince today vince and i are going to be talking about uh episode 10 from season five of the sopranos cold cuts with our very special guest you know him from comedy central's roast battle and from the amazing podcast blockbusting ladies and gentlemen welcome jay light hello gentlemen thank you so much People listening, thank you so much. And I'm so glad to be on the World's Only Sopranos podcast. I'm glad that you're glad. Everyone's glad. Um, I did your yeah. podcast. If you get an uh, invite a to a different Sopranos podcast, it's spam. You should delete that email. That's mm-hmm. always spam. Yeah. Do not do it. They're going to ask for your social security number. It's a whole mm-hmm. thing. Okay. That's good to know. You'll I want to get fished. Exactly. You're going to get straight up a phishing email. You're going to think, oh, shit. I'm going to get famous talking to Michael Imperioli and Stephen Sharipa. I should do this. Well, it's a trap. All right, Jay? It's more of a sleeping with the fishing email. There we go. Yeah. You're perfect for this podcast. <laughs> um, speaking of which, The Sopranos. Uh, Jay, do you enjoy it? I do. I actually just finished it. Uh, about for the first time, two weeks ago, for the first time, yeah. Oh man, yeah. Mm-hmm. What 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 drove you to uh, to finally uh, dip your toe into the Sopranos water? 
I have had so many friends over the years tell me that I should watch The Sopranos, that I'd love it. Mm-hmm. Um, my girlfriend watched it when she was a child, and she always would brag about how she got to see it when she was like 10 years old, and I felt bad about it. Uh, Dang. Yeah. You got you got a young girlfriend. <laughs> I, got a, I got a girlfriend who grew up fast. Oh, uh, apparently. <laughs> nice, dude. Hell yeah. Did she uh, grow up weird about tall, it. and did she grew up right with them? Indiana boys on that Indiana night. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> You're a true idiot, Vince. Sorry. It was the no. first thing that went through my head, which I say because uh, we're podcasting. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. part of it. Uh, so th- this was your first go around. Did you watch it with your girlfriend? No, I actually did not watch it at all with her because she so she tapped out back when uh, when Chris sat on the dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when she was a, a child, moment. she was like, "You know what? All of that, all of this leading up to this moment, that's fine. Somebody murdering a dog by accident when they're high, it can't. I can't deal with that. Yeah, uh, it is kind my of uh, too. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like there's there's this one thing to watch, like um, I don't know, gratuitous like murder and violence towards people. Uh, because you can kind of like, uh, I don't know, rationalize it a little bit where you're like, well, hey, if you didn't want to fucking get whacked by the mafia, you shouldn't have been near the mafia. Mm-hmm, right. Um, mm-hmm. But then like a poor innocent dog is just trying to like, you know, hang out on a couch. Yeah. She did a, keep a asking me the whole time yeah. that she was like, it did it happen yet. Did the thing happen yet? And I was like, I don't know what the thing is. Yeah. But then as soon as he sat on the dog, I was like, oh, that's what the thing is. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> you know her that well, at least. That's yes. good. Yeah. You're like, this is something that she would not enjoy. Um, so you were uh, able to finish it recently. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to, obviously, for anyone out there who listens and is like, I don't like spoilers. Um, we obviously want to cater to you the most important people in the room mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you are the protagonist of reality and, exactly uh, the did. world stops and starts at your command exactly uh, we wouldn't want to ruin your life by talking about a 20 year old show but uh what did you think of the ending as someone who just like you know fucking watched it for the first time and has probably heard about the ending what yeah. what did you think about it so I'd actually watched the ending when it was on at first. I had watched the ending at that time on YouTube because somebody posted it on YouTube. And I was like, what's everybody freaking out about this ending for? And then I finally, you know, 20 years later, watching it in context, after yeah. watching the entirety of the show beforehand, I, I, I loved the ending. I, <laughs> I thought it was very uh very well done the whole episode was good i think the actual ending scene i've probably gone back and rewatched about six or seven times by now yeah just because i really appreciate the the craft in yeah. it. yeah that like the tension that they built up in it and like mm-hmm. how they you're like worried like oh one of these guys is gonna fucking kill him like yeah. that whole thing or yeah. or did you just appreciate the uh epic prank that they pulled at the end <laughs> dude super epic it I, was pretty uh... epic <laughs> like i'm excited uh, you know for getting to the ending of this series because the more as this podcast has gone on the more uh i've like realized and kind of re- recontextualized what that ending was about and like I don't know. Early on, I was like, oh, man, you know, it's about like he, he maybe he's dead. Maybe he's alive. You know, he's Schrodinger's, you know, Tony. Right. Right. And uh, we just don't know. Uh, is this about the Iraq war? You know, shit like that. You know, what kind of <laughs> art are they doing? Uh-huh. 
yeah. And now I've gotten to the point where in this rewatch where I'm like, no, it was an epic prank. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. it was just a, it was just David Chase doing a, a like a fucking Prankosaurus Rex on us. And, mm-hmm. uh, and oh, I yeah. appreciate that. About real, him. real Oc TV mm-hmm. on YouTube move. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> running away from the cameras afterwards. It was a prank. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it really straddles the prank versus social experiment line. Totally, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, uh, uh, growing up, did you uh, did you watch any other like prestige TV shows, like any other HBO or fucking? What What are your favorite shows? Oh, I mean, my favorites. Growing up, the first prestige TV I ever watched was Lost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I I was a big fan of Lost. Also, a fan of the ending of Lost. I don't know why people get all bent out of shape <laughs> at the ending of Lost. Another epic prank. Yeah, what's the yeah. deal? <laughs> I mean that that one is a pretty epic prank as well. I I feel like with that one, the prank was everyone guessed the ending like after the first season, mm-hmm. and the prank was them saying "nah" for like nine seasons, and then doing the exact ending yeah. that everyone had guessed. They didn't do that as hard as they did on How I Met Your Mother, but they came pretty close to doing it that hard. Oh, I don't even know the ending. I, that's the show I never watched. I, did they? Uh, the ending of the- How I Met Your Mother, the first season of How I Met Your Mother, or the first the pilot of How I Met Your Mother ends with them uh, being like, "Well." That's how I met your aunt Robin, but then Robin's the mom. Oh, that so hmm. The, hmm. Wh- <laughs> wait, hold on. So yeah, his exactly. Kids, <laughs> so he's fucking their his sister, his wife's sister. No, his wife dies. Oh, which shit. you find out after they're married at the very end, and then it turns out Robin was the person who he remarried. How did she die? What? Did she get whacked? Do you think was, was it nine eleven? Like, did it just cut to black and they played "Don't Stop Believing"? Or or was it nine eleven? Honestly, get... I think it might have been nine eleven. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's Classic. the only appropriate way for a New York character to die off. That's, That's how the I best lost my way. First wife. <laughs> not not enough New York uh, sitcom characters die on nine eleven, and I think that needs to be remedied immediately. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, fucking, like which I one of see... the which one of the Sex in the City ladies should have died on 9-11? I'm going to say, uh, what's her face? The brown-haired one. Oh, Charlotte? Yeah. Yeah, I could see her dying on 9-11. Yeah. But I could also see Carrie. Carrie is the one who would die on 9-11 because she's she'd like, be like super running dramatic. Into, she'd be running up there to talk to Mr. Big. Right, exactly. Who's, yeah. who's like, in his office doing deals. Exactly. Or Samantha would die because she's fucking some exec in an office you know like 77th floor it's like the end of magnolia just with them all finding one way or another to die on 9-11 yeah (laughs) she comes as the first tower gets hit and she's like oh wait a minute well you really fucked me good there didn't you that's a good that's my samantha impression yep yeah no that's good good. (laughs) wow i really got fucked good huh I'm Samantha. I just like Miranda's on her way to the fucking uh, to the Pentagon, <laughs> and then just oh, and then oh, Charlotte man. is just for some reason in a field in Pennsylvania. She's baked. Well, she baked someone cookies to apologize for something, and uh, yeah. she's running up the steps right as the towers fall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, this is not a what if 9-11 happened in the Sex and the City Universe podcast? No, this is a Sopranos podcast. And we, of course, cannot start the podcast without first playing the theme song. Pod. Pod. 
Pod. Pod. Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, today we are going to be talking about from season five of The Sopranos, episode 10, Cold Cuts, which uh, premiered on May 9th, 2004. Vince, can you break us off a little piece of that synopsis? Chris and cousin Tony do some digging to make sure old secrets stay buried while Janice puts her marriage in jeopardy with her fierce temper. Mm, all right. Mm-hmm. That's that's about right. Mm. Um why don't uh you know, why don't you tell us, Vince, what was happening at the time? That's right. I that- think you're saying that we need some context of what was happening in the culture uh for when this was released. And we do that every time on this podcast. You know it, you'd love it. Uh it's a segment we like to call the Remember When Machine. What? What? Remember Remember when it's the lowest form of conversation. (laughs) That's right. We're taking it all the way back to May 9th, 2004, just smack in the middle of the anus of the aughts. Um, Mm. This was shortly after uh, the Abu Ghraib uh, scandal broke. Uh, Oh, man. It happened like in the week? Or a day before uh, it started late April. Uh, we're we're at May 9th. A day before this episode aired, the uh, the May 8th issue of The Economist, oddly enough, uh, Uh has a picture of the uh, Abu Ghraib detainee with the thing on his head and his arms. Oh, the guy with. Yeah, oh, the, the guy, guy with the hood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Under, the hood and the wires. Under the one they made giant, dress up like a scary ghost. Yeah, it's under a, a giant headline that says "Resign Rumsfeld." Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. It's paywalled, but uh, it reads in part: "Responsibility for errors and indiscipline needs to be taken at the top." Um, fast forward to uh, 2011 when Donald Rumsfeld released his memoir. Uh, in a lengthy section on the administration's treatment of wartime detainees, Rumsfeld says he regrets not leaving office in May 2004 after the disclosure <laughs> of Abu Ghraib prison scandal. At the time, Bush rejected two resignation letters five days apart from Rumsfeld. Uh, another two and a half years passed before Bush, facing the Republicans' loss of Congress, decided to let Rumsfeld go. Uh, looking back, mm. I see there are things that the administration could have done differently and better with respect to wartime detention. Rumsfeld, bitch, you were in the administration. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Rumsfeld actually regrets not resigning because the cover of his memoir is that same photo from uh, the cover of The Economist. <laughs> yeah, he just drew a happy face over the hood. He's yeah. like, no, he liked it. <laughs> he dressed like that for that Halloween that year. It was pretty uh, in bad taste, you know. Uh, my God, I love the that's idea more of a that Bill, he's... Bill Maher thing, I guess. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. New he's... rule: don't dress up <laughs> as the guy you tortured, unless you also gave him candy. <laughs> it's I, I just... pretty amazing that, like, thirty years after he died, comedy is still producing guys who talk exactly like Johnny Carson and still wish they were Johnny Carson. 
I love it because it's like, you know what I've always, we've always needed in the comedy space is Johnny Carson, but about cancel culture, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's yeah. like, we need just the same, just fucking old ass stale delivery of jokes, but only about how like America needs to stop being pussies. Mm-hmm. That's uh, mm, that's yeah. good shit right there, dude. That's yeah. what that's what America needs to fucking go forward is Bill Maher's ass being like, oh, you think you need feminism? Well, how about take a trip to Afghanistan? <laughs> Checkmate, my audience's kids. Um, <laughs> uh, another a story from the time period. This one, uh, the stakes on this one are a little lower. Uh, Budweiser takes the ad high road. This is from uh, the New York Post. Last month at a meeting of the American Association of Advertising Agencies in Miami, none other than the top guy at Anheuser-Busch expressed regret for the path his company had recently followed in pitching Budweiser. Augie Bush... What did I miss? Officially August Bush IV was contrite in telling the assembled that recent Bud commercials had reflected the trend towards the crude and desensitizing wise guy sell. Uh, Budweiser, starting with this past Super Bowl, had presented commercials featuring a flatulent horse, a corpulent man about to undergo a bikini waxing, and a crotch-biting dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, back when ads were cool. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it all sounds great. Yeah, I'm not not getting the problem. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Bush pledged to attach Budweiser to cleaner, more civil cells, which, given the fact that Bud contains alcohol, sounds like a good idea. Um, yeah, like the 2004, I just watched, uh, idiocracy f- for like, a um, uh, anniversary post. And, yeah. uh, that was actually like written and filmed mostly in 2004. And I right. think this was like the high water mark of like extreme advertising and, yeah. you know, basically, basically all of idiocracy is making fun of like extreme advertising. Like in the future, right, right, Carl's right. Jr. Slogan is fuck you. I'm eating. And, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> And my favorite bit is the greeter at Costco who just says, welcome to Costco. I love you. Welcome to Costco. I love you to everybody who walks in, which that part's still going on. But like we kind of have gotten away from uh, like the uh, the more extreme uh, versions of that. I guess. Yeah, there was that one ad earlier this year where it was uh, it was like a suit company or like a like a high end fashion company. It was just an orgy is was the ad of everybody. And it was just like, hey, COVID's about to end. Get ready for this. (laughs) Get ready ready to fuck. The (laughs) pandemic is over. Time to get that dick wet. Um, I mean, I I, 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 I do remember famous, you know. Time lapse and idiocracy that goes from uh, FUD Ruckers to FUD Buckers to butt butt Buckers, which is, you know, classic. I mean, I remember a time when, like, beer commercials, maybe they were Budweiser. I don't really remember, but I remember there was, what was the one with twins? There was one that had a- And twins. And twins. Yeah. I remember twins was like- uh, was a thing, which, you know, I've said this before on this podcast, but I, I do not condone um, two sisters having sex with each other mm. or sharing a man because that is that's yeah. incest. As a twin, and you find that as a, as a twin, I find that repulsive, repulsive. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. know you were a twin. I have a twin sister and I've never fucked her. <laughs> All right. Let me. Cool. cool, cool. Yeah. Gonna... Like, I feel like the mm. idiocracy's biggest uh, drawback is they never could have 
uh, predicted the turn the advertising would take, which is now all, all corporations in the Super Bowl are either like apologizing or yes. trying to sound <laughs> yeah. like the uh, like the most righteous gender studies professor. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I saw an ad today uh, on like Instagram for a um, uh, a bank for queer people. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I've yeah. seen that. Yeah. It's like it's like uh, banking for queers by queers. And I'm just like. <laughs> This feels like <laughs> this feels like an like an insult from 2004. Yeah, it does. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you're making fun of a finance student. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like it's Velveeta uh, would like to remind you that if you're feeling down, there's no reason mm-hmm. not to take a me day and prioritize yeah, right. your mental health. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Now that, yeah, there's so many like Twitter uh posts from, you know, like McDonald's and stuff now mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, it's okay to be sad. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Everybody has like a glib but slightly uh depressive uh Twitter persona that they use yeah. for their brand. I was like reminding you to take care of your mental health with Tostino's pizza rolls. <laughs> Make sure that they're not too hot when you put them in your mouth or you might kill yourself. Remember, don't eat the whole box. If you do, <laughs> here's the national suicide hotline. <laughs> Call poison control if you have too many Oreos. Um, yeah, I, I, I do love, though, that like fucking Budweiser... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that they also, you know, recently went into the kind of like, we're sorry thing. But for a while there, they like changed their ads to be like prestige ads, like cinematic. It would be like a a horse pulling a a buggy and a a dog and a farm and and all that stuff. And I was like, I'm not sure if this sells more beer or not. Yeah, there's so, uh, so yeah, this is kind of a slice of the the times. Uh, Mr. Bush, according to Ad Age, said nobody has a good feel for what currently constitutes an appropriate ad. Uh, figuring that out has become increasingly uh, more difficult. This is like a uh, partly a uh, op-ed. So what the Miller ad folks didn't know that when two buxom young women ripping each other's clothes off to reveal inadequate underwear, then in one version. Kissing each other in service to the homoerotic voyeuristic pleasure of two young male drinkers was inappropriate. Uh, the Coors ad folks didn't know what they were doing by choosing Kid Rock to star in an ad in which he incites bands of young men dressed as Browns and Raiders fans uh, to rowdiness. So I guess, I don't know. This was like a whole trend, I guess, you know. I, yeah, and also, this does seem like it was around the time when like GoDaddy ads were really big in the Super Bowl, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Where they were like, this ad's too hot for TV because yeah. she's in a bubble bath. Go online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's got a big dildo that says GoDaddy on the side. Who knows where she is going to put it because we can't show you. You know who but else is going to get guess. fucked? You if you go to Namecheap. Stick with GoDaddy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I think they I think they knew what they were doing and they weren't wrong. Sure. You know, they were like they were doing what people wanted and what I wanted in 2004 wasn't just to eat a burger, but it was to watch a very like a big titted woman uh, have ketchup drip on her titties while she ate the burger. Yeah. And just being like, I'm horny and hungry. I'm (laughs) horngry. I should go to Carl's Jr. But first I'm going to go to Carl's Jr. and jack off and jack off. Uh, uh. Top movies in the country. Uh, Van Helsing, 
Boy, did that movie suck. Uh, mean Girls, Man on Fire, New York Minute, starring the Olsen twins. Oh, uh, hell yeah. And that got a theatrical release? Sure oh, did. Yeah. It yeah. debuted in fourth place. So, you know, good wow. for them, I guess. Oh, my God. Uh, top pop song, Still Yeah, by Usher and Lil Jon. Top rock song is Still Cold Hard Bitch by Jet. Hell yeah. All right. So that is what was happening at the time that the episode came out. Now to get into the episode, um, Vince, you read a fantastic IMDb synopsis that really explains some of the things that are going on. Uh, But for me personally, this episode, um, I would say that this episode is about uh, it's an AJ episode, but with no AJ. Mm. Let me explain. It's Mm. it's an episode with the i don't know i guess you would call it like the the id of aj the the anger problems the it's got a uh, mm-hmm. a basis in new metal mm. without being about new metal it's about broken bo- homes and mm-hmm. people being one it, step closer to the edge and they're about to break and it's an episode about you know people digging which is why the bada b story uh i'm gonna play for you right now is um is a based on dig by mudvayne that song we all love and remember. Because, you know, I, the, my favorite part of you doing songs is when it feels like you're about to have a breakdown. And uh, <laughs> that was all that. Like, also, I'm just thinking about, like, your neighbors when you're screaming. Yeah. <laughs> screaming yeah, this Fran- in your mind. Francesca was uh, in the other room uh, just just laughing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I really fucked up my throat there. I, I, yeah, I, I, my yeah throat it sounds hurt, like it. Like, just in, like, sympathy pain, I think. Mine does, too. Uh, it really like I've been I've been coughing all day because I fucking did this yesterday and uh, um, I have a newfound respect for new metal singers. Um, it, it's like I don't know I I, w- I wanted to look up a YouTube video like how do they how do they do that and yeah. uh, you forget, I think I just I'm not built for it. I feel like I forget how bad new metal is and then you play like some of the lesser lights of the new metal movement like Mudvayne and you're like ooh yeah that was bad that was real bad <laughs> how dare bad. you. They're that's kinda, one of that's one of the best new metal songs, Dig by Mudvayne. I've, I, that felt like this. What Seven Mary Three was to grunge or something. 
I don't, you know, yeah, it's before I don't, your time. Sorry, uh, it's before my time, but uh, I, I just want to say shout out to I uh, my- have become cumbersome <laughs> to that, this world. Yeah, that was literally like a, a cut rate Pearl Jam. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it was wow. bad. well. Uh, let's get into this episode. Um, let's start with some general thoughts on this. Um, uh, Vince, why don't you start? Uh, this is arguably the worst episode of The Sopranos. I don't know. This one was really bad. Of, I, of I, The Sopranos, not yeah, of the season. Yeah, I think maybe there was like worse ones in one of the early seasons, like one of the other one-off like weird episodes. But mm. like this, I think at this stage in the show... Um, like they'd really established a baseline of quality and then this one just like falls right through the floor. But it was also kind of, it felt like they'd just given us a two or three episode run of some of the best episodes that they'd ever yeah. produced. And they were kind of like, all right, we yeah. can do whatever we want because we got the audience hooked at this point. Yeah, and the streak is definitely broken on this one for sure. Because we're we're all waiting to see what happens with Finn and and Vito, and, and you know we're on this cliffhanger, so they know they can kind of do whatever they want. And uh, yeah, I feel like this one really presaged like that whole Breaking Bad season that kind of sucked, and just the way that mm. Prestige TV now feels like they uh, they feel more confident in having your eyeballs now. Yeah, and this feels like it. It was the start of that where they're like, "Yeah, you're gonna keep watching. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. throw like a, a an episode episode that we all know is half assed at you, and uh, and it's gonna hmm. be fine." Yeah, 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 yeah. Jade, what, what did you think of this this episode? So I rewatched this episode last night, and I uh, I'm gonna mostly agree with Vince's sentiment here. This is an episode that I fell asleep during twice on my nice. rewatch. Yeah. Um, and the scenes that I went back to go watch again, just to make sure I had the fullest picture, were were pretty inconsequential. You know, there's a lot of wheel spinning that happens in this episode. However, oh, I will yeah. say that it has some of the one of my favorite uh, joke moments, uh, and and something that still made me laugh out loud with uh, the whole sequence where Tony is watching the uh, the news. Yes. And, <laughs> The whole the way that news story is cut and, mm-hmm. and Janice diving after and getting tackled by the cop. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a I have a clip of that. It's so beautiful. Charges are still pending, but we do oh. know that the woman shown here being taken into custody is Janice Bacalieri, sister of reputed New Jersey mob boss Anthony Soprano. Guess you could call it a mafia-related hit. <laughs> we hey. spoke with psychologist Bella Kaku. Psychologists are finding that certain individuals are particularly prone to rage. Almost any frustration uh, or perceived uh, inconsideration will set them off. Motherfucker! It's, we found that sometimes it's just one of those days when they don't want to wake up. Everything yeah. sucks. Everything is fucked. <laughs> It's a lot like that movie Falling Down, where <laughs> one man just might have nothing to lose. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. this episode, like a little bit of background, this was directed by Mike Figgis. Uh, this was his only Sopranos episode. And for uh, me, like basically from the beginning, like maybe two scenes in, I was like, 
This is really weirdly directed. It has yeah, shots something that felt you, off. You has shots something that you don't off. see in other episodes. Like there's a lot of weird like there'll be a scene that I think might have otherwise been compelling and then it has like a weird extreme close up in the middle of it and like yeah. the editing will cross the line and it was like it was a bunch of weird oh, yeah. shots that you don't get in a normal uh Sopranos episode. Uh, yeah. To the and there was that scene with where they're arguing by the pool, and all of a sudden it cuts to like a weird low shot of them from the pool, and it sort of breaks the entire tension of that argument. And then that was even before, like I, like I was maybe five minutes into this when I said to yeah. my wife, like this episode is really weirdly directed. Right. And then it, you know, and then it sort of comes to a crescendo in that Carmela scene where there's just a random. Slow oh, yeah, motion the freeze freeze frame. The freeze slow motion frame. to freeze frame followed by like the Star Wars side wipe transition. <laughs> yeah, like, the what the fuck wipe. was that? I I like that the idea of this episode being directed by a guy who's like, I don't know, I'm just riffing. Yeah, you know, like, that's what it feels it, like. It, it felt like he was just kind of going for it. I was shocked that there wasn't like a record scratch or, or like a boiling <laughs> sound effect when they did that uh, freeze yeah. frame after that Carmela talking to the uh, to the to the principal sequence. It Wait, was. Do, I do. It was almost like to confirm, like, yeah, this isn't one of our best. We're just gonna do whatever. It's weird. Like this guy, uh, he, he directed just this one episode of The Sopranos. Uh, he had directed Leaving Las Vegas, which he like got nominated which for is an great. Oscar for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Weird. Weird, weird episode. It was, it was the weirdest paced episode too. There was a lot of like, um, it was the first time where I felt like we had sitcom pacing in in Sopranos, which is like what I like about the Sopranos, at least the, in the way they deliver jokes, is that they don't do the sitcom pace. They do mm-hmm. the jokes themselves might feel kind of sitcommy, but they they work because yeah, it's in this they treated with a genre. certain like verisimilitude that you don't get in a sit- right. actual sitcom. Like it's exactly you know, same premise, but like. Yeah, sometimes it happens in life, kind of thing. And this one was not. Yeah, it was so. It was felt like it was strangely written too, but the, it might have just been like the pacing might just be on the fucking director. I don't. I don't know, but it was definitely one of the most awkward episodes to watch in terms of like just the the. It just did not fit in with how this season especially has been going um even though i love the i love the premise of it like i I really love the uh you know what if the sopranos in anger management premise (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like like i think that's that that is a a fine premise like that works that's something they would do so it didn't that didn't feel out of left field it was just the way they kind of handled it but um but yeah, um, this this is a, a Janus heavy episode though, which I really appreciate. Um, to to start off with, uh, just Janice's and Tony's stories kind of cross together because they're both about anger management. So I'm gonna we're gonna talk about this A story real quick. Um, well, so first our opening scene is Carlos guys are waiting for Vespas all night by the Hackensack River, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they don't get them. Because uh, Johnny Sack, uh, I guess in revenge for the death of Peeps, uh, is like basically fucking with their yeah, like he's, uh, all the the shipping at the he's port Bogart of New York. and Vespas. He's mm-hmm. Bogart and all the Vespas, um, and uh, there's uh, kind of like uh, this this theme that runs throughout of uh, what if Al Qaeda slips into the ports, um, and which which I fucking. I personally love that as a theme because I forgot that that was a thing that we yeah. all were like, we got to watch out for that. Al Qaeda, you know, they might 
they might smuggle in a, a nuclear device or themselves <laughs> yeah. in one of these shipping crates. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, what would happen if three dudes just stepped out of a shipping crate and they're like, we're in? Like, dude, all of the 9-11 hijackers just flew commercial. <laughs> like, yeah, they don't. They don't need to fucking. They don't need to get inside of a crate. But that was like a legit worry that everyone had. I, I yeah. What if I they hide that. in the toilet and they're there when you're trying to go doo doo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like hiding, like they double decker ah! themselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm here. <laughs> uh, they just stab you from the. The toilet tank. All right. So uh, then we get into uh, what's happening with Janice. It starts off with Janice is watching her stepdaughter's soccer game and gets into a fight with a soccer mom. And yeah, uh, which was great. And, I was like, when I was watching oh, that, I was like, yeah, come get some, you yuppie bitch. Yeah. yeah. That was like the first like that was the first Karen video. You know what I mean? Mm, like yeah. that was like, oh, shit. He sh like Janice is just fucking beating up a Karen. That's cool. Very ahead of the it. time. Very ahead of the time. It is very ahead of the time, but it's also weirdly fitting with this episode, which is that like there's a level of surreality in this episode where yeah, things like they feel almost like a dream sequence or like we're living in someone else's uh, mm -hmm. head when certain things happen. Like we're not sure whether to take things at face value in this uh, episode. Right. They, they feel off in some weird way. Yeah, it it's just something about it the way I think it was directed where it, you you everything kind of felt weird. Um but it all happens. She actually does uh beat up a soccer mom uh and uh and that soccer mom is truly the worst. Uh, I have a, a clip of that. They're just a bunch of losers. Hey, no negatives you. Get Come on, Pops, charge the ball. No! That kid tripped my kid. That's legal. She was going for the ball. She was not. Go! Your kid is out of control. She's been tripping and pushing all summer. Oh, shut up and get out of here. Don't tell me to shut up. Oh, what are you, crazy? <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. How do you like it now? <laughs> <laughs> Just so great. Yeah, it's wonderful. Just the moaning, just <laughs> like, oh, that's just what we all wish would happen when some like obnoxious uh, sports parent. And you're like, yeah, I wish there was like an actual uh, mafia person here who didn't yeah. give a shit. And yeah, just belt I, you on. It, I used just, to be a yeah. little league umpire and I always wanted something <laughs> like this to happen. It really brought me back to my <laughs> yeah. days where I was like, oh, I wish that like I, I'd thrown coaches out before, but I never got a chance to like beat the shit out of somebody. Yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. would have been fun. I used to especially uh, like a sports parent. Like that's a that's a, sh a certain like genre of like shitty parent. Oh, yeah. That mm -hmm. is uh, the one I think you want to beat the most because oh, yeah. they're just oh, they're awful. I played in a uh, softball league in uh, an adult softball league in, in Williamsburg. And uh, it was a wow. lot of like a lot of like <laughs> cool. a lot of townies that would watch. This is like, you know. 10 years ago now so there was right, a lot of right, townies right. that would get pretty fucking wild out there and i yeah. I, I caught because i was like one of the shittier players on the team um and mm -hmm. uh i just remember like the umpires always talking to me being like yeah man i don't even i don't even umpire these games after two everybody just gets too drunk and shit goes, <laughs> shit goes to pieces out here <laughs> shit gets real crazy <laughs> yeah. later i was like yeah i don't blame you i just remember like when i played baseball as a kid like you know, some of the there there were the shitty parents in the stand who took it very seriously. But then it, there was like um, there was a level, though, of shittiness as a parent where if you were truly, truly a piece of shit, 
you would become the coach of the team. Mm-hmm. And and you're like, I remember this guy, Mort. He was, he, I think he was a lawyer. But, you know, like on his days off, he would coach the, you know, fucking sixth graders playing baseball. And uh, he he like was, he took it so seriously. Like he was, uh, he, he would yell at us and shit like that. And his kid was this guy who's also named Matt, who was this meek, <laughs> like tiny, thin little Jewish kid. And I just was like, this poor, this poor kid is going <laughs> to have his life destroyed by this dad. Cause this dad is just, he doesn't, he just didn't want this kid. He yeah. wanted a strong, <laughs> strong child. The writing got, was on the wall with his ability to get an athletic child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wanted a brash Gentile and instead. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, if I, I thought if I read enough Israeli history to you as a child, <laughs> You would decide to become strong, and he's just like, I like to read, but I don't like the other part. Uh, it was, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I never, I, I would have felt bad for him, but one time we went to his house, and motherfucker had a tennis court. So, wow, fuck him. yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it was Beverly Hills kid, and I was Ugh, like, another oh, sport he was never going to be able to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rude. Yeah, I know. Um, so Janice uh, gets arrested. And, uh, of course, you know, Tony is, uh, is forced to watch all of this happen on the news. Um, and, uh, he, he ends up like just completely flipping out and showing up to, to Janice and Bobby's place. I feel like in a normal Sopranos episode, there would be some sort of buildup between that happening and then it being on the news. Like this was pretty much like fight smash cut to uh, news package, which like, Mm -hmm. again, like you said, it doesn't feel like a normally paced Sopranos episode. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was an awkward pacing, and I, I also felt like they, um, uh, I don't know, they, they, they kind of, they smashed the A story and the B story together in this way where it, you don't feel like a, you're getting like a natural flow to all of the uh, the stories that are going on. Instead, you just kind of, it's like. You're just getting like, all right, let's get all the Janice stuff out of the way in the first half and then all the fucking Chrissy up at Uncle Pat's farm in the second half. And it just, uh, yeah, the pacing, the pacing was super weird. Um, Mm -hmm. But I did love, uh, I did love watching fucking Bobby give the ultimatum to Janice Mm -hmm. to go to anger management class. Yes, It was like the first time you ever saw Bobby like actually like have some fucking balls to, to just like tell her like, listen you have a problem and if this keeps going the way it is we're not going to work out um and i have a i have a clip of that scene janice i think you need professional help oh, oh, i'll be having an extra session with sandy believe me sandy sandy what does she do she tells her you were picked on by your father and asked you to read her screenplays i think there's <laughs> anger specialists and i think you should see a weight loss specialist you don't see it in yourself i'm so sore this is not an isolated incident. They won't let you shop up at the corner anymore. Those coffee beans were burnt, Bobby. You tasted them. <laughs> Janice, I like a Spitfire type. I told you. But we can't live like this, me and the kids. If you don't go to these anger classes they have or whatever, this with us ain't going to work out. Yas, King. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm happy for Bobby for actually mm-hmm. saying that. Um, but in that scene, you got a bunch of, like, little insights into janice like while she's being yelled at first she's like makes fun of his weight i think you should see a weight loss specialist yeah 
and as like, man, what a piece of shit. And then he just kind of keeps going. And one point she goes, mm, my arm hurts. Like all of a sudden she's <laughs> she's yeah. talking about her fucking what does she have? Epstein, Epstein bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like pulling out all the stops that she usually does to manipulate Bobby or or anyone into like stop you know stop telling me what to do basically right I'm, go I'm gonna just pull on your heartstrings by pretending to be hurt. I think Bobby having the gall to bring up the uh, the incident and her not being allowed to shop at the corner anymore that's really the the nail in the coffin. Yeah 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 like we yeah. can't even go to the corner store because and and I just what do you think she did in that fucking coffee shop? I think she gave somebody second degree burns <laughs> that's with what that I coffee. Think I think it's clear she threw hot coffee in someone's face. Um, which, uh, you know, I mean, hey, it didn't sometimes. have to go that far. Could have just been some yelling, you know, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't know. She was uh, a pain. If there's one thing we know about Janice is that, uh, sometimes she snaps and, yeah. uh, she, she does... can make a scene without physicality though, too. It's true. She's, yeah, she's got the ability to do both. But mm -hmm. in this case, I like to imagine that someone has third degree burns on their face because yeah. of the burn being Janice really is the whole package. She is a total nightmare and a manipulative bitch. She's <laughs> everything. <laughs> she's a triple threat because she's also a murderer. Yeah. Um, uh, which, of course, uh, Tony actually like low key, like dry snitches on her a little bit without actually like saying it specifically. Mm -hmm. That bitch is lucky I didn't kill her. Well, we know that. What? You and your fucking temper, Janice. Like straight, straight up, just snitching. Just like <laughs> yeah. we, we both know that. And I like that Bobby doesn't bring that up. She, he's just like, I'm going to pretend that I didn't. I don't that. think he knows. Well, I know he doesn't know. But uh, what I'm saying is that, like, I would be like, can I get some clarification on that last statement that Tony <laughs> yeah. made? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just he knows enough to leave well enough alone there. Yeah, yeah. But I, it definitely, I think, drives him to actually have her go to anger management and make that an ultimatum, uh, which she does. And I will say, of all of, like, I don't know, the pitfalls that this episode has, the anger management class scene, I thought was pretty top notch. There's, mm -hmm. like, moments in this yeah. episode yeah. No, there's that a lot I of remember. Mo moments that I think would have worked with different pacing and shot totally. selection. Yeah, yeah, completely. But uh, this is this is up there for me um, just because of, I mean, number one, it's more Janice because we get to see how her mind works. Um, and number two, it's like getting to see how quickly in anger she'll go from like being that liberal person that she pretends to be, you know, the fucking, you know, open minded, liberal fucking Krishna, whatever, into mm -hmm. just a racist Italian Guido. Yeah, I mean, just that whole scene was odd like it was it was unclear like what we were supposed to take from the other people in the anger management class like they're, yeah. they have one guy has a weird like sort of non sequitur ish outburst uh and then right. another guy seems kind of helpful but gets steamrolled and then they all turn on the uh the psychologist and then you know and then suddenly there's like a racial incident there's like 10 different things going on in that scene right. and none of them are really landing except for Janice and the other and the black woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I thought of it as like it that was um it was shtick. The scene was mostly just uh was there were just everyone was doing shtick. Like what mm -hmm. if what if we do an anger management class scene? And so yeah. it was, you know, everything was kind of uh everything was essentially played for laughs, which I don't 
super mind. It just, uh, it was, I, I agree with you. I mean, they needed to focus on like one or two things in that scene. Yeah. This episode is such a wacky episode. Like it is wacky. wacky. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, super a, wacky. that's a, like a good example. Like that scene it just seems like they threw five things at the wall and we're hoping one of them stuck. You know, yeah. it's not usual. That's like a, not a normal thing for the Sopranos. Yeah. But I do have to highlight how fucking funny Janice and that black woman together were. And uh, I have a clip of that. I told you about my supervisor checking my work and nobody else's. I wonder why. Because you're a minority. Exactly. You seem angry about Evelyn's problem. I come from a biased family, but I was different. I put all my faith and my hopes into the civil rights movement. I left home and I marched. And for what? So they could ride around in their SUVs blasting that rap shit? And you can't say anything because they might have guns? Wait a fucking minute. Who's they? If the shoe fits. This is fucking priceless. <laughs> Just the the button of the guy. This is fucking priceless. I mean, like that, yeah, that got me. I, that was. I mean, it was like, it was fine. It feels cheaper than The Sopranos normally goes, and maybe. Uh, I mean, it's just I, like not. It's, it's yeah. yeah. I I fucking I I really enjoyed it. I I kind of I feel like I judge a lot of Sopranos episodes by how many moments. I remember like the memorable moments, the stuff that uh, like has stuck with me throughout the series, mm-hmm. and that anger management class is definitely oh, uh, wow. up there. I just like I forgot this completely. I memory hold this entire episode. I think for me, it was just watching her just get racist randomly out that, of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like and and just that that level of like resentment for her. Um, her work in the civil rights movement, it it, it actually like it, it stuck out to me as like she's presenting definitely- someone else for her her like imp- imposing the expectation that she not be racist. She she, right. she like yeah she's like imagining a straw man and is like oh I guess you expect me to not be racist in this situation. I will have you know yeah. I marched in the civil yes. rights movement. It's like. Girl, there's no one on the other end of the phone line, but okay. <laughs> like you're having an argument with yourself. Kudos to this black woman for also still, after Janice has said some racist shit, to be nice and yeah. explain the concept of anger management and what the psychologist is trying to say to Janice that yeah. she's right. still too blind to, uh, to pay attention to. It's kind of amazing because it's like, uh, I, I feel like in that moment, she was... Uh, she was like reflecting a mirror to the rest of the class where everyone was like, oh shit, I never want to be as angry as this woman. So let's, <laughs> yeah. like everyone was trying to calm down the situation. So like Janice was clearly the worst, most angry person in the room, which I thought was uh, was really good. And also that whole like civil rights thing that she was doing about like, yeah, and what thanks do I get? Like that is straight up Livia Soprano shit. That is yeah. like fucking Mama Soprano. She's channeling in that in that uh in that class and so i i personally enjoy a- any time that we get to see a little bit of livia in one of the sopranos kids so i enjoyed it um you have one unheard message hi i was calling current the influencer marketing platform but i think i just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast Well, anyways, I was calling Kern because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand. 
and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So then we get uh, some more of uh, Tony in in this whole anger management plot line where Tony is now telling Melfi about like Janice's arrest. And, uh, you know, they're talking about the famous soprano temper. Um, one of the moments this is another scene, Vince. I don't know if you agree with this, but it was like weirdly paced like a sitcom. Mm. Um, Which one? The one with Tony and Melfi? Tony and Melfi scene. Yeah. It, this was. This was to me was strange because it felt like um, what if Tony did like a right wing radio show um, and it, like the it's basically his character is you know what grinds my gears uh-huh. like that was mm-hmm. that was the the whole scene dynamic was him just being like hey, you know uh, people won't take my phone calls and and stuff like that you know he was complaining about technology being confusing yeah. it just felt like they took the the whole like him talking about whatever happened to Gary Cooper and tried to extrapolate uh, a sitcom premise into it. Well, I don't know. It's yeah. a strange well, And scene. then the name of the episode, Cold Cuts, is comes from, you know, revenge is like serving cold cuts. And it's like, first of all, it's not that funny. And maybe I can, you could like, you could maybe imagine Christopher or Polly saying that. But yeah. like, it's like, felt like they Homer Simpson Tony for a second there. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. It made him a little stupider in that moment, and and then also the like I think what you meant to say was right. yeah she does the, the like best serve cold and he's like what the... did I say it's like you know what you you know what you said what yeah. is this what are we doing here yeah they pull like a home improvement there where like Tim gets whatever the neighbor tells him <laughs> wrong you know mm-hmm. yeah it was a uh, it was a strange scene um, I mean he's going off on like uh, a tangent about customer service phone calls and shit like that and you're just like this is uh this just it just didn't it didn't feel right even though like i I, me personally i'm like i like whenever sopranos does shtick 
But this was fucking. Well, it didn't land. It was there. like sticky jokes that didn't land. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was... just didn't feel like true to Tony. And I think that that's part of why it didn't land, too. Yeah. Yeah. Same, hey, the, so every... the same deal with, um, you know, Christopher mm-hmm. and Adriana having their con- their little conversation. Uh, See, I I disagree there. Mm-hmm. I actually really like that scene. Where she tells I, him he I, should get into male modeling, like oh, I that love works. that. Like if if The Sopranos was like an ABC sitcom, then like yeah, I'd believe that joke. Oh, but like nothing about that. Like come on, she's not. Oh, saying I love that. that scene. She's not that dumb. Oh, I I I thought that was great. Um, and I will I will fight you. Neither uh, of them are that dumb. Like that was n- no. I yeah, think that scene feels like you know that Sears commercial about the uh, the air conditioning being broken. Uh-huh. That that <laughs> scene is like the the Sopranos version of that commercial, where it's just like you don't have to you don't have to deal with this. You can call now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I'll I call when I feel like it. I I I think what I liked about it was we we've been kind of removed from the Adriana storyline for a little bit, um, and it's all going to kind of come to a head fairly soon um, in the season and. Uh, I like this as kind of like one last attempt to get Chrissy to fucking I don't know to yeah, but that's the leave. thing. It's like one last attempt to get him to leave, and then you like you do like a shitty sitcom joke in the middle of it, like oh you could be a male model. Oh, I don't want to, you know, people would be like touching oh, my I... dick and stuff. And here we are again. Tony B goes wrong, and Tony lays a two hundred k a year cash cow on him. What's the fuck? What if we left here? And you went into something else. Like what? I don't know. Like, pick up your writing, maybe? Male modeling? I'll get back to the writing someday. But from a position of great wealth. As far as male modeling, I'd probably be success, but I wouldn't want to be around those fucking people. I'm a soldier, Adriana. When are you going to understand that? I'm, you I buy love that. You I- buy the male modeling part of that exchange? That was so stupid. I was stupid, but I, I absolutely buy that Christopher looks at himself and is like, I no, could be a male model not, if I wanted. He's not Homer Simpson stupid. He has a little self-awareness. I Listen, this guy thinks he could be could have been a fucking screenwriter. There's yeah, no way. but there's, dif- yeah. there's a difference there. Right? Like, I don't like- think there's much of a difference. I think it's easier to be for him to convince himself that he's hot than, than he's good enough to write a screenplay. <sighs> he's... Uh, no, I, I loved it. I I think it's just because to me, I look at uh, Chris Moltisanti as someone who is so has so much delusion uh, in his like his ego is based on this like grand delusion that he's created yes. for himself of being this yeah. like there's, gangster guy. There's who's levels like, of cool. delusion that are real and feel true, and yeah. like most of like sixty percent of that scene is those. But then yeah, you, but then you throw in like a really hack like sitcom version of that in the middle of the it. male modeling. Like, why? why, why, why do you cheapen the rest of it with that? I think you're just being insulting to fucking uh, Michael Imperioli. You don't think he's hot enough. I think he's, that's what you're saying. I mean, I think he's plenty hot is just, uh, I, yeah, it's, I, I don't think the non-famous version of that guy would believe Rude. that he could be a male model. Well, I yeah. uh, having, I feel like he would believe that. I feel like yeah. the Chris being such a tragic character because of how deluded he is. 
I yeah. think that it's it's in line. That feels yeah, like a joke totally. for Johnny Drama on Entourage more than it feels like a joke <laughs> for Michael Imperial. That's kind of true. All right, that's you're not wrong, but I I still I I maintain that he would absolutely believe himself to be hot enough to to be a male model. I mean, he, you know, he's with Adriana, she's hot, you know. Yeah, I could sure. you know, I get it. At he, the very he, least, Adriana yeah. would be nice enough to try and win the argument by saying you could be a male model. It's also yeah. like a weird, just the way he, the way he responds, even, even if you are going to bring up being a male model, like the, the line that they write for him to explain yeah. why he won't do it is kind of a shitty line. Like, I think there is a version of that where you might've been able to make it work, but like this wasn't it. Maybe. Um, I do think that uh, he, like I'd probably all, be a success. Like what? That's not a, well, he at the very least, would be like in a catalog for like men's warehouse. Like he could do that. Yeah. I just don't think it's just not a good line. It doesn't fit him. I don't know. It's yeah. bad. Well, what I love about that scene is that he just looks her dead in the eye and says, I'm a soldier aide. When are you going to understand that? Yeah. That to me, I think was like the moment I was like, that's, a, that was a great moment in yeah. this episode. I like that. Just Cause mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's powerful. Like it's, it's true. It's yes, like, Adriana, he must be loyal to his capo. He must be loyal to his capo and aid doesn't really get that. And and no matter how hard she fucking tries, you know, this dream that she has of like, you know, we're going to join, we're going to go to the witness protection together. Like yeah. it's just never going to happen with your fiance who loves you so much that he gets pissed when you don't have his underwear laid out for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's, uh, she's got some issues, but, um, Continuing on, just to, to wrap up the uh, anger hold, hold management. On, hold on, hold on. Can I? Can I? I'm gonna. Can I? We pause for like two seconds. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I wonder what Holding. he's gonna do. <laughs> I wonder what he's gonna do. Dude, I don't know. I hope it's. Uh, what if he just started fucking his wife on camera right now? Oh damn, dude. That'd I'll be, be so into it, dude. Crazy <laughs> bonus content, dude. Oh, dude, that's for the patrons only. Oh yeah. Oh, only the patrons get to see Vince plowing his pregnant wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be so hot. Oh. I'm keeping all this in. Uh, <laughs> what happened? Gotta go pee pee. Oh, I thought you were gonna have sex with your wife on camera. <laughs> yeah, totally. That'd be sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, where were we? Dot dot dot. Okay, so just to, to kind of like wrap up this um, anger management storyline that we got going on. Um, so after uh, the Tony and Melfi scene, we have Benny. Um, we get to see Benny beat the shit out of a security guard. Uh, the, it's like one of those like mini scenes that the, uh, they got in The Sopranos where you get to see like a, a crew member do violence. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, uh, it's up there in terms of like one of my favorite random gratuitous acts of violence on the Sopranos and I, I have a quick clip of that. You know, I just really enjoy, you know, that he's, you, you know what it reminded me of? It's like on Twitter when you're clapping for every word. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> but, but he was doing that while just beating his knees. That's what that people was... are imagining they're doing mm-hmm. when they do the clap emoji on Twitter. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, we need to see more of that. I think uh, there needs to be a new emoji that's just a crowbar on a knee, uh-huh. so that <laughs> so go that with the Italian can... fingers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just something to really you know help us do a new like way of punctuating our uh, our tweets online. That's what we need. Uh, um, man, Vinny Del Pino grew up to be a real shit, didn't he? Who's 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 that? Vinny Del Pino from Dookie Hauser. That's the guy who was doing the beating in that scene. That's Benny. Is ben, Benny was in Doogie Hauser? Yeah. See, I was I've been wondering this whole time, how do I know this fucking kid? Like yeah. he has this face where it's just like he looks like a child actor, but he I don't was. know from what. Yeah, he was. I mean, that's it was like almost like a sight gag when they cast him. It was like, "What? They put Vinny Del Pino in there?" Yeah. And, and I just like I, I knew he was. A, and I here's the thing. I don't even think I've seen him on Doogie Hauser. I don't I've never really watched that show. It's been a long and time. So, yeah. And so I think that I just like looked at him. Maybe he was in a fucking Disney movie I saw or something when he was a kid. I don't know. He was in Newsies. Yeah. He was in New, Newsies is another one. I don't think I actually saw. I, I've, I've seen clips of it maybe when I was real young. But. Yeah, he must have been in something that I saw as a kid. Because I remember in Sergeant Bilko. He was in oh. Ed Wood and Analyze This. He was oh. in the Cosby Mysteries. It is what is? Tell me what that is. <laughs> I gotta uh, know. <laughs> an American mystery drama television series that starred Bill Cosby. Oh, okay. That's not at all. <laughs> so it's not related to drugging women and sleeping with them without their consent. Not as far as I know. Because that is the only Cosby mystery. That really matters. You know what I mean? Anyways, he's free. Um, he's free now. Moving on. Um, I must have seen him in Sergeant Belko or something like that because uh, he always looked like a child actor. And uh, I was like, I just don't know what he's from. But he finds out in that scene that uh, it was actually uh, Johnny Sack who took the Vespas uh, and that basically... The port of Newark is going to be fucked from now on because Johnny's mad about the, mm-hmm. the death of Joey Peeps. And, and he's Tony got 9-11 this... at his, as his cover, you know? Yeah. Typical. Yeah, he's used... Typical mm. fucking, you know, New York politics. Just using 9-11 as an excuse to do anything. These gangsters and money launderers using Middle East politics as an excuse. Geopolitics was uh, quite, quite the distraction from mafia crimes back in the day. Um, Still is. Still is to you know this day. that Raytheon Mafia had that mm-hmm. had that yeah. Afghanistan war scam going for a while. And the Northrop Grumman Mafia too. Yeah, yeah, that's the real yeah. gangsters. If you ask yeah, me, yeah, the real gangsters are Northrop Grumman and other contractors for military industrial. Well, that's complex. why even even Polly has like his very special uh, lesson about no bid contracts at the uh, end of this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another that thing was that feels like very like w- one off. Like Polly mm-hmm. doesn't seem like uh, that kind of. He doesn't like he has like vaguely left wing politics in this uh, episode, which is very out of character for Polly. Very as a out whole. of character. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is kind of strange. Um, 
Yeah, but, uh, you know, he also says, you know, this is why I don't like to talk politics after uh, Tony beats the shit out of Georgie to the point <laughs> yes. where he quits. He's like, this is why I don't like to talk politics. And it's like, <laughs> I feel like you like to talk politics. You yeah. talk politics all the time. I, I mean, you, you know, uh, like he is his character is someone who doesn't shut the fuck up about any time he feels like uh, no. the Italian-Americans are, are being discriminated against. I mean, maybe that's more still, but uh, yeah, no, it, that's Polly too. That's definitely yeah, Polly. Yeah, add a add a character uh, for him to say that, but you know that's okay. Um, but I do love that when Tony is freaking out after you know the you know Johnny Sack is fucking up the port of Newark, uh, he fucking what what really makes him lose his shit is realizing he has a shipment of provolone cheese. Yeah, that's coming. <laughs> he, has in. A, he has a cheese tantrum. <laughs> yeah, he does he just flips out and he's like i guess we can say bye-bye to the provolone cheese and he just fucking breaks his pool cue and starts smashing shit by the way am i wrong for thinking that provolone is like the one of the weakest of the italian cheeses? it's a weak cheese yeah. i was just thinking that pro having a provolone based tantrum you could do so much better what about yeah. ricotta what about yeah shit fucking, i would have a i would have an asiago based tantrum before i had yes. a fucking provolone based tantrum yeah, I mean, you know, I think no I one's think like Ritone, looking for a prized provolone. Maybe that's like a Jersey thing that you need the provolone to go with your gabagool. But I feel like that's maybe that's like a second tier Italian cheese in my mind. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know. It's not it's not my favorite cheese. I did try some sharp provolone one time and I was like, oh, it should all be like this. Yeah, I'm not like, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad cheese, but on the hierarchy of Italian cheeses, you know, you got your Parmesan, your Pecorino Romano, your sure. mozzarella, you know, your fresh fresh mozzarella, and then, you know, like provolone's at least fourth or fifth on the list. Yeah, but I think for Tony, it's not about, you know, what his favorite cheese is. It's about he hates it and gets fucking furious whenever anyone fucks with his food expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which Tony has I, I massive. Relate to, I relate to that. I totally relate to it. Yeah. He has like a massive tantrum when he fucking doesn't get the orange peel beef that yeah. came delivered. Lo- uh, you know, he's tasting that lo mein. Yeah, exactly. We had a- he fucking. He, freaks he gets out mad he has- when people don't want to eat the large pizza that he brought to bring the family together. Exactly. We had, we had a low main incident at my house this week. Uh, oh, no. What happened? Yeah. Well, you know, my wife is very pregnant, right? Oh, I, and yeah. uh, she had uh, she t- she always she tends to eat like half of the Mexican food and then puts the, the rest in the fridge to save for another meal. Sure. And uh, I came home and it was like right before our stepson's like basketball tryout. And I just wanted to like, you know, get a couple bites in uh, my body before Oof. I went to that because mm-hmm. I hadn't had lunch really. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so then I ate, I, I was, I meant to just like take a couple bites of the Chila Verde quesadilla that was in there. Uh, oh, no. and, and I ended up eating it cause, cause there was like, Oh, a, I thought this was going to be a reverse situation where it was. It, so your wife had a low main incident. Is yeah. Well, she, like. yeah, there was uh there was a Chila Verde quesadilla and a bean and cheese burrito. And I was like, I rationalized it by being like, ah, she still got, like half of the bean and cheese burrito. It won't be that it won't be that bad. And then I ate more than like I intended to. And then the next day, of course, like that was the thing that she had planned for lunch. Oof. And I was like, Yeah, I, I did I screwed up there. That was that's on me. What what happened? <laughs> she just got mad at me. I feel you're like telling me we're gonna have a low main incident. The story's not even about low main, it's about Mexican food. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Chile Verde's are low main. 
It's the East yeah. Coast West Coast thing. Yeah, in Fresno, that's basically lo mein. By the way, uh, East Coast, they all, they like rhapsodize their Chinese food. Their Chinese food fucking sucks over there. Like our Chinese food is way better than their Chinese food. I don't get. I can't tell I don't the get difference. Why, I don't. I, I don't understand what they're rhapsodizing. Like every single Chinese food place in New York has the same menu to the right. point where like mm-hmm. the old joke is that there's just like a big. Uh, kitchen underneath the city and they just have tubes that go out to like the various right. Chinese restaurants. But for some reason, the New Yorkers like, Oh, the, the best, we got the best Chinese food. It's because of the New York water. We got the best noodles. <laughs> like, what are you talking Shut about? Up. This shit sucks. Yeah. I think fun. your baseline Chinese food is better than your baseline Italian takeout. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree with true. that. Yeah. I think it's really easy to fuck up Italian food. Yeah. And yes. it's much more difficult to fuck up Chinese food. Because there's only like, there's like Italian food is defined by only having a few ingredients. Whereas like right. every Chinese food, you know, they have, there's a variety of spices that go into it that are going to make it right. taste pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, one yeah. of them, one of them's going to pop. One of yeah. the flavors is going to do it for you. And mm-hmm. your your chances are you're going to have a good time when you have some Chinese food. So Tony freaks out. Janice also uh, starts gushing about anger management. She starts like basically telling Tony, like, my life has changed completely. Mm. Everything is, you know, fucking coming up Janice. And and Tony is like, has this look on his face like the whole time where it's just clear that, <laughs> that he, he is. He cannot stomach genuine introspection from Janice of all people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, it's like he is... He, I think he's just, he doesn't believe it. He thinks she's lying and putting on a show for him. And uh, that may be true, but mostly he's just filled with resentment in that moment rather than like filled with like, I'm glad you're getting your shit together. Like, although he like does say like, oh, I'm happy for you, Janice. Mm. It's like one of the most like insincere I'm happy for you's that I think I've seen on the show. It's equivalent to when he does that thing where he hugs someone who's an enemy and then you see the look on his face and you're like oh he doesn't mean that hug <laughs> this mm-hmm. hug is a lie so it was, it was like uh same vibes same same vibes for sure um and then of course uh you know we have the big blow up at uh, at the end the final scene of the episode um which just to wrap up the storyline it's sunday dinner janice is you know, made a good lasagna. She's being real nice to Sophie. You know, she's like mm. telling her, you know, hey, you know, she basically doesn't yell at her for like trying to spoil spoil her appetite. Um, and then uh, Tony just decides to go nuclear on her ass and fucking uh, and starts bringing up Harpo. And I have a I have a clip of the Sunday dinner. Good eggplant, Jack. Yeah, delicious. Wonder where Harpo's eating his Sunday dinner. What? Who's Harpo? That's how. Janice's son. You have a son? You didn't tell us that. You know that song, Harpo's song by Phoebe Snow? Because that's the song you named Harpo after, right? He's half French Canadian, Harpo. All right, Tony. Make fun of a boy because of his name. I wonder what's French Canadian for. I grew up without a mother. Oh, fuck. 
such a fucking prick, dude. This was kind of uh, reminded me that like uh, Tony can summon Janice's anger. Uh, yes. By just saying Harpo three times into the mirror like Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it was he just just mentioned her, uh, Harpo's name over and over again, and it fucking got her, man. And you know, props to him for just like knowing what buttons to push. I guess, like, yeah. you know, he's, he's like, hey, Bobby, him. control your wife. Hold on, let me push all of her buttons at once. <laughs> and see what happens. Let me do a full act out and make her as mad as possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is your fault, Bobby. Come on, get your shit together. Yeah. Well, you can't handle an act out. I mean, I feel I feel like that is there is a theme in this episode of um people getting roasted and not knowing how to handle it. Uh like that that is like a common theme because we we have that happening yeah with See, with fucking yeah James. that's the, th- that's the thing with uh this episode is that um like the storyline where christopher is so yeah. thin-skinned that he cannot handle like the level of ribbing that is just standard between yeah the two tonys i thought that storyline was really good and i thought that it landed me too and because mm-hmm. that is kind of christopher's whole thing is that he is slightly too insecure to be able to hack it in this uh, mafia world. And then, and yeah, and then they put a bunch of extra shit in there that felt like it was trying too hard. Yeah. It was kind of, kind of weird to, to to get into that storyline just real quick. um, Basically uh, Tony and Chris and Tony's father, they all use this farm uh, in Florida, uncle Pat's farm to store. It's a corpse farm. It's where they store a bunch of dead bodies. Um, Honestly, if you gave me like a nice apple farm Mm -hmm. in uh, the Hudson Valley and the only stipulation was that the mob has to be able to bury some bodies there from time to time, eh, I think I'd be into it. I'd make room for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if you got enough land, it's like at that point, it's just fertilizer, isn't it? Doesn't that help the soil? I think so. Yeah, it's got some put some nitrogen back in there or something. Yeah, yeah all the nitrates from the gabagool just goes right back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you hey, know, we, fucking helping the earth over here. <laughs> you know, we only use like gabagool enriched dead guidos. Yeah. You in can't get small. apples like the Hudson Valley. They got all those uh, nitrates rich. So- it's because of the soil. It's because of the gabagool in the soil. <laughs> it's the good soil. We got that gabagool soil. Oh, it's fucking great. Um, but yeah, so uh, he's got some uh, what he calls canned peaches, which mm-hmm. I, I, I love the scene in which like like Tony and Tony B are telling Chrissy like, hey, we got some canned peaches, yeah. quote unquote. They had clearly all- just read holes by Lewis Sacker. <laughs> is, is that what is that? That's, what that's, huge, that's the whole plot line is about canned peaches. Oh, oh is it? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. I didn't know that. I, See, yeah, I, I was confused. Holes. I was like, this is, I don't buy this. Like maybe if you're making kimchi, you got some stuff in canisters under the ground but uh i, don't I thought know they people just did like, that with canned peaches i thought oh, they yeah. picked a euphemism at random just like we're good well let's say canned peaches you know uh yeah. but no <laughs> tony's red holes <laughs> tony's red holes or at least he saw the movie with shia labeouf yeah one yeah. of the two most likely he's like uh this is a good italian movie holes <laughs> um and so yeah uh they uh so they go up to uncle pat's farm and you know chrissy is is not into it because you know Tony B is riding along and he's got this like cush job running a casino uh, above the uh, <laughs> I think it's above a hardware store that casino, um, which uh, apparently pulls in a lot of money. But they have this like kind of cute little bonding storyline where they uh, where Chrissy kind of realizes that like 
you know, getting hazed is part of the deal, you know? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and uh, that's feel the whole like point comes... of hazing is that like you, you know, you find people that can roll with the punches and, and can, uh, can yeah, take a little I... ribbing every now and then like separate right. yourself from it. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it, it's, it was strange because you saw him kind of like, I don't know, have a little bit of like, a bit of a like evolution in his arc in that mm-hmm. in that kind of scene um or i guess in the entire like storyline where he's like at first still resentful of the fact that they used to pull all these pranks on him when he was at uncle pat's farm they tied him to a tree and shit like that uh and then he realizes like oh this actually happened to tony b as well hey you know uh, and they start like you know ripping on tony while he's not there making some jokes and Mm. and you feel like oh this is all good and then once they kind of like figure out where all the bodies are and dig them up and smash the bones and all that shit um we have that scene you were talking about vince where they are celebrating having smashed all of the bones and gotten rid of the evidence and uh and chrissy just fucking cannot take being double teamed by these two um and uh i I have a clip of that (laughs) Getting double team. Oh, yeah, the Humvee. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Kind of steep, though. Oh, come on, you told me you didn't pay for it. You gave the guy a hum job. For the Humvee. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'd like to hum me. Oh, a friend of Bill over here? Fucking wits over here. Bill? <laughs> I'll say. That, that's not a Bill, that's a beak. You know, that was you. He made that joke about the uh, Zeppelin concert. Just snitches. On the way home, we can drop him off at Beak's kill. Well, the Beak's could kill. That one certainly would. <laughs> you know, I could have called you Ichabod Crane, <laughs> but I didn't. I mean, what's strange about it is, like, uh, number one, that it, it actually ends up, like, hurting his feelings. Because, like, those are some... That's, like, pretty weak. Yeah. Like, none of that They're obviously was, doing, like, you know... They're doing, like... Cat school like, shtick. Yeah. yeah. It felt like fucking, like, uh, like weak henny youngman shit yeah you know what yeah, i mean sub abbott and costello level yeah. banter <laughs> yeah also it, i like it, just in terms of this episode being written weirdly and slightly off from normal sopranos like i feel like zeppel is not even like a great thing for uh his blood to be 65 percent. you know like i did there's so I didn't many understand that like, what's if you said it was it's like an italian donut also oh, okay uh Steve Buscemi pronounces it in a way that I've never heard before, before where he says Zepola, which I've never, I don't know, maybe that's a Jersey thing. But Could like, just in general, it would make more sense if his blood was like 65% Sunday gravy or, like, right. you know, something that's, else. Why would it be, yeah, why why would it not be an actual liquid? Like, yeah, why I've would it be like a roast battle <laughs> joke done before? Yeah, why would it be a puffy bread? That is, that's not a good <laughs> joke. <laughs> but I do love that it gets Chrissy mad to the point where he does actually live the thing that people who get butt hurt about yes. like a yeah. banter situation and bring yeah. up the thing that he's like oh well i could have just called you this yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah but i didn't i like that it's just like <laughs> have you no decency mm-hmm. it's like people like that who like uh you know it's they he didn't can't... have a comeback so his comeback was to uh yeah be self-righteous and get- right which is so strange for chrissy like that mm. that was what was weird to me about it was that it like it showed the side of him where like like chrissy is i mean he's a i think a multi-layered character i mean he, but he's also a sociopath like he mm. i don't think he would have a problem 
being armed with Ichabod Crane earlier as something that hurts Tony B's feelings, just fucking calling him the headless horseman, you know, right. like, like he just would have done that instead of being like, well, I could have done that, but I did it. It was like too butthurt for Chrissy. He would have been that passive aggressively petty in other episodes. He would have just he would have just fired it off. Yeah, yeah. He would have just yelled at him. And I, I think they were trying to imply that, like, the not drinking thing is like taking some of like the edge or the balls off him. I don't know. I just thought it didn't didn't really add up to me. And uh, I, you know, and I will say, you know, for those of you at home, learn learn how to take uh, some roasting. If a couple of yeah. Italians are roasting you. You roast them right back, unless they mm -hmm. have guns, and then don't. Jay, don't. you're you're a roast joke writer. You yes. understand the importance of a good comeback. I understand the importance of a good comeback, and I also understand the importance of laughing at the roast jokes that people fling at you. Yeah, don't take yeah. them personally. Yeah, yeah. The more you're hurt, the more you want to just keep roasting the person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and the, and also, the more you're making everyone else uncomfortable. You know, you got to just be a team player and allow yourself to get ripped on. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. It's just but part of the thing. I had a time one time at the comedy store when a guy uh, when when I was doing a spot on potluck, the host came back on stage and started roasting me afterwards. And I was mad and I was yeah, yeah. and I did not take it well. And I went over to the microphone on the piano player uh -huh. in the yeah. OR and yeah, I tried yeah. to fire something back at the host and it it just died the joke <laughs> did not land and then the host roasted me even harder yep. and i was just like well fuck this and it was yeah. that was probably how chris felt in that moment like yeah. he just yeah. was bombing super hard and couldn't and couldn't come back from anything but yeah he bombed with ichabod crane that was just like <laughs> you went up to the microphone next to the piano and said i could have called you ichabod crane <laughs> yes exactly but i did it <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, you got to learn to take it. It's a uh, it's an important part of being a comedian and also I think being in the mafia. I feel like it's even more important there. Um and then we get a, our final Chrissy scene in this episode is of course him driving away crying, which I will say uh as despite how weird this episode has been and you know some of the issues I have with it, him driving away crying after realizing like he's going to just continue to be ripped on by these guys. Um, I don't know. There's something about driving and crying. I think I've just dr I've driven a lot and cried a lot. So mm. I feel like I uh, yeah. I related to that uh, on a on a certain level. I've been there. I've been yeah. there. I've been there after roast battles. I've dr I've driven home and cried. And been like, <laughs> yeah. man, I thought I fucking had that, and then <laughs> yeah, they called me a pedophile or a rapist too many times, and <laughs> I can't come back from that. And fucking Chris Kattan was the final fucking vote. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Brian Dunkelman said the meanest thing about me, and I can't come back from that. Oh, I feel like uh, I heard a story of like Chris Kattan uh, during the uh, roast battle. Um, like he was like judging one, and he was getting ripped on and did not take it well. Have you heard this? I was there that night, actually. The, what happened uh, with that? Well, here's so Chris Kattan actually was an incredible roast battle judge. Oh, okay. Um, because he didn't because he didn't give a shit and he continues to not give a shit. I think about yeah. where he's at career wise. Yeah. yeah but yeah. but I have I, um, it was a different Chris. Uh, it was one of the one of the uh, the 80s Chris's. What's the what Chris, are the the young ones? Chris Pratt. Chris. No, uh, the, the child star Chris's child, child star Chris's. OK. Uh, oh, God. Is this a stand up comedian? No. Just a, a famous. He child. did a song on to, on the Today Show. What's his name? 
Oh, 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 wait, not Corey. Corey? Corey, yes, it was Corey, a Corey. Feldman. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman was. Oh, my was... God. All right, was... Oh, wait, no, that's the other one. <laughs> no, he's still alive. Corey Hames yeah. still alive. No, Corey uh, Feldman yeah. hanging on by a thread, as evidenced by how mad he got when somebody made a joke about him at Roast Battle. Wow. Oh, was well, it like a Michael Jackson kind of joke? Because he's got some. <laughs> I think it was something in that. No, it wasn't even something that hard. Like mm. if if somebody made a joke about him, you know, and Michael Jackson, I would understand why he would walk out of the room. Yeah. But he, it wasn't even that. It was just something about like his like his career being dead, and he right. just got pissed off and and left. And it's like, well, dude, the, you're going to a, a roast battle. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna be a target. It's hard. You can't not. Yeah, you can't go to a roast battle if you're that guy. I don't think. Sorry. You I mean, unless you're willing to, you know, take some shit. I mean, man, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to handle it if I were him. But, uh, you know, you got to you got to learn to, you know, suck it up a little bit. Then again, he did have that stuff with Michael Jackson. So he did have that stuff with Michael Jackson. He's also so unmemorable that I literally mixed him up with a Chris instead of a Corey. <laughs> I couldn't even get the right C name, you know? Yeah. And I don't apologize for that, Corey Feldman. I know you're a big fan of the only Sopranos podcast out there, but Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to apologize for that. You shouldn't. And also, Corey, uh, feel free to come on as a guest at any time. We would love to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, ask you about the Sopranos. Bring the angels. I forget what else he's up to these days. I think (laughs) he's dancing a lot. Well, he had like um, he had like a crowdfunded documentary about like Hollywood pedophiles that like went poorly because he. There's yeah, it had thing. a weird premiere, and uh, and he was strange at the after party, and they decided to report on that in the LA Times instead of probably yeah. what was a shit ton of credible allegations. <laughs> yeah, he was like <laughs> pissed off about not having his mozzarella sticks warm or right. something. Yeah, but they didn't at all report on how the movie was, mostly because I'm sure the people at the LA Times is uh, w- w- did not want to burn those Hollywood bridges. Putting it out there, you're a bunch of fucking shills for pedophiles, LA Times. Also, if you want to come on the podcast, please do. Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, that's the episode. I mean, Carm's storyline is essentially uh, she, you know, drained the pool and then she she runs into Wegler and is like, I'm getting back with my husband. And then they do a fucking star wipe. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. And that's that is literally the that's the entire storyline there. Um, nothing. Nothing really happens with Carm in that episode. Um, let's do real quick favorite, least favorite. Uh, do you have a favorite scene? Do you have a least favorite scene? Do you have a scene we didn't uh, mention? Um, God, that's, I mean, I, I've mentioned the, uh, the, the male modeling thing is a moment that didn't land for me, though there was a lot of them uh, in yeah. this episode. Um, what about a favorite? Do you have a favorite? Uh, Anything tough. you liked in this episode? I mean, Vince? I did like the, I, I did like the Chrissy storyline where he like turns into a thin skinned punk when, yeah. as soon as they start ripping on him. Okay. You like that? Uh, yeah. What about you, you Jay? Do you, do you have something, you know, like, dislike? Yeah. Something we didn't mention? I mean, my, so my favorite scene still, and I, and I think part of it is because this does feel the most like a Sopranos scene in the traditional sense mm-hmm. and the way that they do comedy was, with those Tony watching the news broadcast yeah. and then the final line of that scene of the broadcast being like, Oh, well, sometimes people just get set off and then cut hard cut to Tony freaking out and yeah, getting out of his chair. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, that- that's uh, all time. One of my favorite great jokes from the Sopranos. Um, least yeah. favorite scene. I think 
that sequence when after they've finished digging up and smashing the bones of the farm, when they're having that meal and mm-hmm. it does that slow zoom out as yeah. the, as Pat and Tony B and Chrissy are just sitting at this table and it's just it's just them eating next to a pond. And, yeah. And it's it's like it doesn't I don't know. It's thirty yeah, the, seconds that I feel like could have been used better for right. something else in this episode. Yeah, yeah. To, to maybe finish out that weird freeze frame that they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just finish the scene. Just let her walk off camera. Yeah. Like you know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Um, one scene for me personally that we didn't mention, um, or we didn't get into enough was the beat down of Georgie, uh, leading to him finally le- leaving the Bing. Like Georgie has been the punching bag for, uh, Tony Soprano and the entire Soprano crew at the Bing for s- a few seasons now. Oh yeah. Um, when I first I- started watching the Sopranos, somebody, my buddy who I watched it the first couple episodes with, he was like, oh, anytime you see the bartender on screen, th- he's going to get the shit beaten out of him if he right. says something. So <laughs> yeah. just be ready for that. Just be ready. <laughs> and he, and it happens once again in this great scene where, uh, Tony is freaking out about, you know, Al Qaeda inside of fucking, you know, shipping crates and, uh, and we have fucking Georgie piping up again to tell him to live for today. And I have a clip of that. We're fucking sitting ducks here. The only thing between our homes and Port Newark is a chain link fence. They got a nuclear bomb in a container. We're fucking dead. That's why you got to live for today. What'd you say? I said, <laughs> that's why you got to live for today. Talk about <laughs> annihilation, you stupid fuck. Your kids, my kids, burning into cinders. I can't even think about it. I just wanted to play a few more clips, you know, just as we're in here. We love the clippies, don't we, folks? We love our little clippies. Oh, man. As Brett once said, uh, it's uh, the... The clippies are my little ducklings, and I want to help them walk across the street. I never knew what it meant, but I was always a fan of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, if I had to rate this episode uh, with a letter grade, um, it's definitely the one of the worst ones. I mean, it's the worst one of the season by far, and I think it's up there for one of the worst Sopranos episodes. So um, I'll give it a B plus. Vince, what would you give this? Yeah, I hate this episode. Uh, it sucks real bad. It's definitely on my short list for least favorite Sopranos episode. So, you know, all things being equal, I, I give it a solid B plus. This yeah. episode, it's just too wacky, and it just doesn't feel like a regular Sopranos episode. Um I can't believe I can't believe this is the one that you made me do, guys. But I give it a B plus. <laughs> yeah, all right, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, you know we never know with with this rewatch, you know whether or not we're gonna pick a good episode or a bad episode. <laughs> and um, anyways, solid B plus all around, and I say a solid A plus episode of Pod Yourself a Gun with Jay Light. Jay, where can people find you on the internet? I can be found at Diet J on Twitter and Instagram, uh, jlightcomedy.com for show dates and podcasts and stuff. And uh, I have an album out everywhere called Good Guy with a Gun. Hey, like pod yourself a gun. Look yeah. at that. Yes. Hell yeah. Um, gun synergy. Yes. Um, Suns out, and guns is- out. <laughs> <laughs> and that is available wherever you listen to music and comedy things. 
All right, so check that out wherever you can. Patreon.com slash broadcast for all of the weekly bonus exclusive episodes of both Pod Yourself a Gun and also the broadcast where we talk about everything else other than The Sopranos. Um, the $8 tier gets you a shout out on Pod Yourself a Gun. And Vince, we have some new patrons this week. Oh, hell yeah. Let me get my, hold on. Let me put my uh, nickname giving vest on. Yeah, put on that vest. Make sure it's tight because we want to get all that blood to your brain for these mm-hmm. kick-ass nicknames. <laughs> all right. <laughs> the uh, the first one we got, he's shaking it up. He's getting that blood ready. <laughs> all right. First one we got is Lou Gilly. Lou Gilly. Wow. That name already sounds like a nickname. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Gilly, it sounds like it's its own nickname. But you know what? I'm going to name him uh, Telly. That's short for telephone because I wish he would lose my phone number. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like it. I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> All right. Uh, and next we have got Colin Abood. Abood? Abood? What are you, Canadian? We call this guy the Canuck. Nice. All right. What are you talking about? I don't know. There's something. All hey, right. I'm skating here. Hey, hey, I'm walking out here. I'm eating gravy and fries or something. <laughs> what do they do? Something about cheese curds. Poutine. Poutine. Yeah. yeah. yeah Vladimir Poutine. All right. Um, yeah. And that is, uh, those are the ones we have for this week. Just uh, just a reminder, patreon.com slash broadcast. $8 tier gets you a shout out. Come on. You want to do it. It's only three extra more dollars to get your name. That's all we got for Sopranos this week. Podcast. Uh, yeah, that is all we have for this week. Frogcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everybody. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. I think it's a wash on this one, fellas. <laughs> God damn it. This is so much harder than it seems. Leave us five stars and a review. <laughs> this sucks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.